AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Export demand came back to the U.S. grain markets. Another big SRW wheat sale was made to China. We'll talk used machinery auction trends and the emergency relief program for 2022. And you know what else? It is time to put the final thoughts into your end-of-the-year tax planning. Live from your Ag Info Springboard to the Week via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we begin with a conversation with Machinery Pete Greg Peterson. Then it's Paul Niefer, the Farm CPA, and directly following the news, Brett Waltz from Bam WX. I'm Handsome Newsman Davis Michelson. Oh, now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Yeah, thank you so much. I had to scroll Monday. down a little bit there. Hey, happy Monday. <laughs> you forgot who it was? Yeah, I wasn't sure. Was. Yeah. yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> happy Monday morning, everyone. Glad that you are joining us. Um, Davis, I'm sorry about that interruption that I caused in your mm-hmm. your restful Sunday afternoon yesterday. But after yeah. we but after Weissmeyer, uh disrupted my restful Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon, I thought, well, what the heck? I'm going to go ahead and disrupt yours as well. Let's just keep on giving, in other Let's, words. Uh, that's uh. that's what it's all about. That's what it's, it's a, all about. It's the season. Yeah. yeah. An American warship and two commercial vessels were attacked in the Red Sea Sunday. Uh, that is according to the Pentagon, a possible major increase in aggression in Middle Eastern waters where Iran-backed Yemeni rebels have escalated attacks on Western and Israeli-linked ships. Uh, the Pentagon has confirmed the attack. This is an escalation that I I think we've seen similar tactics mm-hmm. in the past, uh, and it 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 with with this type of an escalation, Davis, I would argue that it gets to the point where the U.S. has to retaliate, uh, mm-hmm. retaliate with uh, with with. Uh, with no limits mm-hmm. and make the point very clearly and then move on. And that is, that is typically how this type of, uh, you know, poking the U S mm-hmm. ha- has worked as far as the mo- markets go. We're going to talk more about that at the end of the show, as far okay. as what we might expect, but boy, uh, it was, uh, it was an active weekend in the Red Sea. The the a warship and two commercial vessels. Yeah. What are they thinking? Jeez, I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I, don't, I don't know either. I don't want to speculate. It it rhymes with history. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you, brother. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the show. All right. Good deal. Let's go ahead and get started with the news. What do you got? Well, bro, I've got a ton of daily sales export activity here. I've got mm-hmm. 40, uh, 440,000 metric tons of soft red winter wheat for delivery to China for 23, 24. China showing up for some soft red wheat again. Uh, 267,000 metric tons of corn for delivery to Mexico for 23, 24. And 183,000 more metric tons of soybean cake and meal for delivery to the Philippines 
during the 23-24 marketing year. A lot of cake and meal for delivery to the Philippines, it seems like, yeah. in the last several weeks. Well, they're not getting it out of Argentina. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom line there. So they're getting it out of the U.S., and the Philippines can be a bit of a hub for protein, for soybean protein, trade into Asia. Well, let's take a look at the National Weather Service weather outlook quickly. Uh, excessive rainfall and instances of flooding are likely, it says, across parts of the western uh, of western Washington and Oregon over the next few days. Moderate snowfall to diminish throughout northern New England today. Heavy upslope snow potential forecast across the central Appalachians Tuesday night into Wednesday. I don't know what upslope snow is, but if it's snowing upward, (laughs) Chip, it's got to be bad. It's got to be bad. No question about it. We'll find out from uh, Brett coming up here in just a little bit what to expect in the middle of the country. Well, Chip, all three major stock indices finished last week with gains, despite a warning from Fed Chair Jerome Powell that the U.S. Central Bank may not be done raising interest rates The benchmark 10-year Treasury yield, which hit 5% in October, fell 24 basis points the past week to end at 4.225%. That's the lowest yield since early September. Yeah, we're going to have Dr. Vince Malenga on the show tomorrow morning to talk a little bit more about this, figuring out what the Fed is going to do, when they're going to do it, and which direction interest rates go next has Mm -hmm. become very important all of a sudden. Well, in the third quarter, farm debt balances at commercial banks showed steady growth while loan performance remained robust, according to the Fed of Kansas City. Despite some signs of reduced lending activity and varying loan demand, the total debt at commercial banks increased at a rate similar to the previous year, so on pace there, Chip. Mm -hmm. California, uh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. California faces a $58 billion budget shortfall due to delayed tax payments. Economic activity has slowed down in the state, leading to a notable decline in home sales and reduced funding for California-based startups and tech companies. Chip Bitcoin reached its highest price in nearly 20 months. The 8.2% one-day increase is attributed to optimism regarding reduced regulatory pressure on the cryptocurrency industry and expectations of approval for cryptocurrency funds on the U.S. stock market, some crypto ETFs. Is that what they're talking about there, Chip? Uh, evidently, they must mm-hmm. be talking about that. I still don't understand them. I- well, the price of gold, considered a safe haven asset, reached a record high overnight, with February COMEX futures notching an intraday peak of $2,152.30 per ounce. The precious metal has climbed about 15% from a low in early October. And finally here, ooh, this is fun. Alaska Airlines announced its acquisition of rival Hawaiian Airlines for $1.9 billion. Both airlines will retain their individual brands. Chip, mm-hmm. I want to fly on both. Now over to yeah. you. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com. Good morning, Brett. Uh, good morning, Chip. Hey, um, so what are we thinking here? It looks pretty quiet in the middle of the country this week, doesn't it? Yeah, not too bad of a week. Maybe a little weak snow system that'll push through the northern Ohio Valley tomorrow morning. But hey, temperatures are generally above freezing, not going to be much of an impact there. And then you just look at the next seven days across the central part of the country. You're talking about temperature seven to even as many as 15 degrees above normal over that entire period. So just a, a mild pattern, one that's not offering up a ton of chances. But I'd keep an eye on a storm system this weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Wouldn't be shocked if there's some kind of wintry mischief in there for the upper Midwest, especially as we work into Saturday and Sunday. Okay, gotcha. But boy, some 50s in the outlook for the end of this week, Thursday, Friday. That's uh, 
That's going to feel pretty warm. There's no question about it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, take us to central Brazil. Is there any shift in the pattern? I think that there is, but to be honest, I think that it's probably towards the last 10 days of the month. Okay. We're starting to see maybe some sporadic rains try to come a little bit further north uh, out of southern Brazil that has been very, very active. While they continue to stay active, some of those rains can bleed into Mato Grosso a little bit. But I think in terms of more widespread relief, I would be looking the last 7 to 10 days of the month. I still think those areas may struggle the next 14 days for more widespread moisture. Well, the dry conditions in central Brazil are starting to take some bushels off of the outlook for the Brazilian bean crop. Well, and so are the wet conditions in southern Brazil, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. And again, I I think that Argentina there and southern Brazil, that's an area that can continue to run wetter than normal. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Good stuff, Brad. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Chip. You bet. Brett Waltz, BAMWX.com. It is Monday morning. That means that it is time to take a look at the trends in the used machinery markets. And we are going to do a little bit of looking back with when we get Greg on here. But you want to talk about an active setup. Holy smokes. He's got a lot of, to preview coming up next. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you're with us on this Monday morning. Um, boy, it, the, the weather outlook, it, it's at least going to get us into the last third of the month, Davis, without anything too serious. Well, blowing up in the middle of the country. I, every day nervous, I feel though. like we're living on borrowed time from well, snow. Exactly. See, yeah. when when people like Brett Waltz from BAM WX begin to suggest, well, there may be a little wintry mischief out there. <laughs> yeah, wintry mischief. I don't know what that means. You know, <laughs> when they start making up new terms for weather <laughs> phenomena, bad stuff happens. 
Watch out for the the wintry mischief, y'all. Yeah, we'll have to <laughs> keep track. And, we'll have to keep track and see exactly what that is. Maybe and that, put a put a positive definition on it. Well, yes. and maybe that's what they mean by the ups upward snow, like snowing yeah. up. Yeah, the that's upslope. very mischievous. The, yeah. The, yeah, the upslope snow. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, that could just mean higher up the slopes. I'm just suggesting see, that feels too easy. That feels too easy. <laughs> Welcome back. Let's get Greg in here. Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. How are you doing, Greg? Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. I, I have my own little uh, Minnesota um, marker here for global warming, I guess. Uh, yeah. I've been playing golf since I was four years old. Yeah. And I've played golf in Minnesota in December once in my lifetime. Yeah. And I, I just had a buddy text me and says, uh, Pete, you want to go play Wednesday? It's going to be whatever, 40 yeah. some degrees. And I'm tied up. I can't do it. But, wow, it's it's amazing. It's amazing well, up here. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what. I remember years and years ago. This is, man, 25 years ago, Greg. And this is one of the things that cracks me up when we talk about global change or, you know, climate change and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm old enough to remember climates from three decades ago, four decades ago. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really surprise me when I see certain things happen, because I remember the first weekend in December, many years ago, laying in a hayfield with honeybees around me in eastern Iowa as I was deer hunting. <laughs> Yes, it does. It is in cycles. That's for sure. We've. Oh, uh, wait a second. Gosh. Let's all just take that image in. <laughs> you lie in a as grassy you're meadow. That, as you're taking it in, keep Ferdinand the bull in mind. Hmm. Okay. It's the honeybees that got me. <laughs> Machinery Pete has no comment, fellas. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right, buddy. Let's get to it. What do you got for the pick of the week? <laughs> pick of the week. Uh, yeah, last uh, it was Thursday out in Indiana, Columbia City, Indiana. My friends at Schrader Real Estate and Auction had quite a sale, quite a tractor. Um, they had a 1998 John Deere, 8,300. Nice rig, 4,529 hours. But, guys, it sold for $135,000, which, Man. again, iconic model here. I've seen a zillion of these things sold yep. at auction over my years and this was the highest by eighteen thousand bucks wow so you know again because there's been so many sold to see the record broken by that amount is what makes it wow yeah and and again it had 4529 hours on it um now for perspective the highest i'd ever seen was just uh, a couple years ago august 8th of 21 uh monroe center illinois we saw a 95 model but that only had 875 hours on it so that one you know you kind of expect 117k, well, under a thousand hours, but um, you know, good condition pre-def tractors right now are just they can do amazing things. And here was another yeah. example: 135k on this uh, John Deere 8300 last Thursday in Indiana. Yeah, and every now and then something like this comes up to remind you just how in demand those that type of tractor is out mm-hmm. there, Greg. Yeah, it doesn't matter what color. It's yeah. uh, when they sh- when they show up, they can create uh, interest like this, and of course, a lot of factors. I mean, online bidding now you're pulling buyers from all over yep. the world to an event. So, but uh, it is what it is. That's and again, it's sold for 135k. Uh, whether you want to chalk it to totally inflation, whatever. I'm I'm just a scorekeeper, yeah. And uh, all I know is I've seen a zillion of them, and that was eighteen thousand over a 
over the record. So pretty amazing there. Yep. Yep. You know, and the, the other thing to keep in mind there is I, I can hear people out there saying, oh, my gosh, why would you? There were at least two that were willing to pay a record price. Well, you probably know? five. Probably five. Probably five. And the thing is, what, what everyone says is to anyone that would say 135, that's nuts. It's like, well, yeah. check out that horsepower and what's a new one cost, my friend. Right. And they cost a lot more. And then you drift into the well. There, you know, we can get into that discussion. We could talk about it every week. Uh, you know, right. the the newer engines and stuff. But it is what it is, and yeah. um, people are voting with their checkbooks. And again, one thirty five Thursday in Indiana. That was pretty amazing. Yep, yep, crazy. Okay, boy, you've got a long list of auctions that you are going to be watching in the week ahead. Let's get to it. Yeah, I'll just rattle off three tomorrow. Uh, I think we could see some very strong uh, prices. One is out in Nebraska, Ravina, Ravenna. I'm not sure how they pronounce that, but uh, my friend Adam Marshall Landon broker out there as a estate sale, Steve Schuler Farm Estate. 2010 John Deere 7730 with 1,010 hours on it. So again, pre def right there. Mm -hmm. Also a 12 model John Deere 7280R, 1,098 hours. Uh, 2014 John Deere 6125R with a loader 1540 hours and a low hour combine, a 17 model S660, 554 SEP hours. So again, that's Ooh. tomorrow in Nebraska. Also tomorrow, um, I just posted about this on our social media uh, in Pennsylvania, McGrew Equip Equipment Company. Uh, my friend Greg McGrew has a Tractor Tuesday sale. And what Greg does out there, he holds some of the lowest hour best units and then he he bunches them and he calls it Greg's Gold. Uh, it's <laughs> McGrew Equipment Company. So tomorrow he's got a John Deere 8120, 1,602 hours. He's got a 05 John Deere 7720, 2,617 hours. And for your red folks, Case IH 7110 Magnum, uh, two-wheel drive, 3,605 hours. And he's got over 100 skid steers on the auction tomorrow, <laughs> including some low Howard Bobcats. How about this? An S185 with 73 hours. Oh. Uh, also an S330 Bobcat, 380 hours. So again, that's tomorrow in Pennsylvania. And then Chip, I'll pivot and we'll go to Wisconsin tomorrow. Our okay. good friends at the Steffes Group. Who, by the way, folks, check out their website, the Steffes Group. They got like a zillion sales coming up and some just fantastic ones. But tomorrow in Verona, Wisconsin, uh, Tice Brothers, I, again, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, a farm sale. And what a line of Case IH tractors. I'll just rattle through here. 2006 STX 430, 2,553 hours. 2021 Magnum 200, 330 hours. 2013 Magnum 225, 762 hours. Ooh. 13 model Magnum 180, 309 hours with a loader. Again, 10 years Jeez. old, 309 hours with a loader. A 2011 Magnum 290 with 735 hours. A 2010 Magnum 305 with 1,473 hours. <laughs> and uh, they have a combine, a 2013 KSH 7230 with 1,200 SEP hours. Uh, so, wow. Uh, wow I think right. there's going to be some... Big green dollar spent tomorrow on that shiny red equipment in Verona, Wisconsin. <laughs> yes, sir. No doubt about it. Okay, I don't want to run out of time on this. Let's jump to Thursday. 
Thursday, my friend Brad Armitage, Armitage Equipment out of Meeker, Oklahoma, folks. Mark this one down. Online sale. It's on auction time. He's selling the first John Deere 4240 ever built, serial number 1001R. And it's a 78 model of 5,101 original owners. Well, only had one owner its entire life. Very straight tractor. Online bids already up to 30K. But, you know, Chip, over the years, we've seen a lot of uh, records set on the last serial number of tractors. Here's the first yeah. Yeah. on a very iconic model of 4240. So, again, that's Thursday, uh, auction time, uh, Armitage Equipment. That's going to be fun to see how high that goes. Exactly. You said the online's to what already? Uh, I was thirty thousand about an hour okay. before I hopped on uh, on the show here this morning. So again, we're what three days out. So, um, yeah, it's a one of a yep. kind chance. If you want the yep. first forty two forty, here it is. Yep, yep, boy, I'm gonna have to check that out. And it's always fun to see how many different bidders are yes. already in on an item. Right? Uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating these days. They come from all over when there's something they want. So it's uh, it's right. a different time we're living in. Oh, geez. Uh, and then take us out to next Friday. Yeah, next Friday, Matichek Implement, Faribault, Minnesota, folks. Keep an eye on this one. Uh, online auction. They have seven late model case size tractors, four quad tracks, including a 22 model 540, and three Magnums, a 22 model 340 in the bunch. So, again, that's uh, a week from Friday, December 15th. Uh, uh, Matichek Implement, Faribault, Minnesota. It's going to be a hot one there. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Looks like they're getting these things done for the end of the year. Equipment buyers yep. is yep. what it looks like to me. We're going exactly. to talk about that with Paul Neifer coming up here next. Greg, good stuff, buddy. Thank you. You bet. See you, Chip. Greg Peterson, Machine Repeat, here on Agritalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Uh, Brian, wow, some export sales announcements this morning. Seems to be having an impact on wheat trade at least. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, um, China's been quietly buying U.S. wheat and, and uh, not so quiet this morning, uh, 440,000 metric tons of SRW. So uh, that's got the SRW market uh, posting double digit gains. Uh, HRW isn't far behind and, and spring wheat isn't far behind that. So the wheat complex is leading us to the upside. Uh, but we also had uh, daily corn sales to Mexico this morning and daily soy meal sales to the Philippines. And that's helping to support both of those markets. And, and basically, we've got uh, broad-based buying across the uh, the grain and soy markets this morning, being led by the, the wheat complex. But uh, meal is uh, actively participating, and, and the other markets are firmer as well. Yeah, and with the week that wheat had last week, uh, building onto it is, is going to build some upside momentum in these mar in, in the that market is what it certainly feels like all right take us over to the livestock trade uh the pressure's back on the cattle complex it is but boy we've seen a lot of volatility here this yeah. morning open sharply lower uh then tried to work to the upside and now we're back trading to the downside sharp losses in feeder cattle and uh, slight to moderate losses in live cattle futures. So um, big price, daily price ranges so far in, in both live cattle and feeder cattle and, and quite a bit of volatility. So we'll have to see where that thing uh, finishes up when, when all said and done at the end of the day. On the hog market, uh, it's uh, been choppy as well, um, trading mostly to the upside here at mid-morning, uh, but we did face heavy pressure earlier on. And, and actually it was the hog market that turned around and, and kind of built some buyer interest in cattle briefly briefly gotcha. very briefly all right thank you brian that's pro farmer editor brian grady opinions expressed on agritalk do not necessarily reflect the views of farm journal broadcasting affiliate stations or sponsors we don't make the news we render it agritalk welcome back to agritalk i'm chip Big lineup on the auctions. Uh, Greg did a great job breaking that down. Uh, be sure to check out his Twitter feed. It's at Machine Repeat. And uh, that will give you an idea and where you can go to follow along with some of those auctions as well. Paul Neifer is the farm CPA. He joins us right now. Paul, it's good to talk with you, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm actually at a United Club at the Phoenix Airport, ready to fly home after being gone for over a week and a half. So I'm ready to get home. You're on the right path then, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. Okay. Um, this mess with the – here's the deal, Paul. When they first announced the emergency relief programs, nobody could believe how simple yeah. – the construction of the program was and how simple it was going to be for farmers to get payments. And it evolved into something that they just had to pull back for the 2022 ERPs and say, well, we got to start over with this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think if you could pick any way to screw it up more than they did, I'm not sure if you could come up with a way to screw it up even more. So, uh, uh, yeah, this whole idea of, of and, and using the word progressive payment, um, you know, you talk about uh, a word that I think nobody likes to hear in the ag community, and, and I think they just doubled down on it. So, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to have to go back to the original structure. I mean, we already have senators saying, hey, look, uh, you guys didn't do this correct to begin with, so fix it. So uh, uh, hopefully here in the next week or two, they'll get that resolved. Do you think it goes all the way back to the original 
process in calculating a payment? I think it probably will be similar to that. I think they still want to give a bonus to underserved farmers. So perhaps, you know, there'll be a little bit of a bonus for them, but, you know, the calculation, I think will be very similar. And then on top of it, you know, if you're an underserved farmer, maybe you get an extra 10 or 15%. And I think we're all fine with that. It's just where you eliminate any payment for the non-underserved yeah. farmers on on the crop insurance uh, premium reimbursement. That That's just categorically unfair. Yeah, bonus is one thing. Penalty is another. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and the way and that they, they were said... What... Go ahead. Uh, the, the way that they were setting it up, it was definitely going to be a penalty for being too big in farming, right? Well, actually, on the crop insurance side, it was just a penalty for not being underserved. If You know, if you weren't well, underserved, you, you got no reimbursement. So it didn't matter whether you're big or small, you got nothing. And there was no progressive payment cap on the crop insurance premium reimbursement that I could see, at least based on the verbiage I saw. So that, that even compounds it. You know, yeah. a, an underserved person might get $75,000 payment, whereas the non-underserved person that has the exact same calculation is going to get like yeah. 10,000. So yeah, yeah, that's just categorically unfair. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are looking for the difference between an, uh, an underserved and a not underserved, the not underserved category would be defined as a white male farmer. And that's pretty much as far as I can tell that, that, that is the under the non-underserved farmers. Right. Right. Who boy. Okay. Um, the the uh, pandemic assistance payment. Yeah. Sti- aren't they still working on figuring out how those payments are going to be made? And <laughs> Paul, yeah. if they can't you get know, Jim, it figured out this week, it, it's going to push those payments into next year. Yeah, you know, Jim Weesmeyer in his letter last week had that exact uh, term, or you know, they said that. Hey, Secretary Vilsack is still exploring, I think, getting additional money um, or signing off on the final payment. And if that's not signed off in this week, you know, with the holidays coming up, they're not going to be able to get it done uh, before year end. So um, I, I think especially with all the turmoil going on with 2022 ERP, um, I, I think it's going to get pushed back till 2024. OK, so that has that will have an impact on on uh income in 2023 yep. and 2024 right yeah yeah and you know we got year-end tax planning coming up here and if that payment doesn't come in then farmers really really what farmers should be doing is setting it up so that if the money does come in they're covered if the money doesn't come in they're covered and what do i mean by that you know take advantage of some deferred payment contracts where you sell you know maybe 5000 bushels of corn uh and if the payment comes in in 2024 well excuse me you sell the corn but you're not going to get the payment until 2024 right well if the PARP payment comes in this year then hey go ahead and report that income next year but if the payment doesn't come in we can always elect to bring that income into 2023. So that's that's always a nice tool that we have in our, our tax toolkit, so to speak, to, yeah. to help smooth out income. Yep, yep. Work through that whole process with your advisor, right? 
Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, this is when uh, farmers are meeting with all their tax advisors to go over, hey, where are we at? Where do we want to be at? And what do we need to do between now and then? I had a couple of those meetings last week with uh, not even really clients, just calls that calls or meetings that I was having with some people. Yeah. Okay. We were kind of joking around and and not joking around with Machinery Pete that they're, we've got this big lineup of auctions coming between now and and the end of the year, there are some growers that are looking to spend their twenty-three tax, their twenty-three income, aren't there? Yep, yep, yep. And the key thing on that is, you know, they need to have that equipment either financed or purchased for year, and it needs to be available on the farm. Uh, you know, simply paying an invoice for you know a piece of John Deere equipment that's being built next year doesn't really uh, cut it. Now, the other thing that farmers have to be aware of is that bonus depreciation this year is only 80%. But as long as they've spent less than a million two on all their farm equipment, section 179 will still allow them to fully deduct it if they want to. You know, that's, that's always the key if they want to or need to. Yeah. That bonus depreciation, Paul, doesn't it eventually catch up to you? Yeah, it does. It does. And I hate to see farmers take bonus if they're financing equipment because then you know, as they make those uh, principal payments on that farm equipment, uh, you know, they have to recognize taxable income to cover that payment. So a lot of times farmers push the tax can down the road too fast, uh, too long. Yeah. So uh, remember one of my favorite sayings is working capital that you've paid tax on is yours. It's not Uncle Sam's or the bank. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just just be careful on that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. What else are you thinking about going into the end of the year? You know, the, the one thing coming up that I think a lot of farmers are not aware of is the new Corporate Transparency Act. You know, okay. that comes into play starting January 1st. This is where they're going to have to go online and their CPA may not be able to help, help them in this situation. Now, I think eventually they will. But what it means is if you have an LLC, a corporation, anything that's required to be filed with the secretary of state or with the state, you have to go online to FinCEN, that's F-I-N-C-E-N dot gov, and you have to fill out a report. You have to list who the owners are as long as they own at least 25% of the entity, or if you're the manager of that entity, you have to list your name, your physical address, you have to provide a copy of your driver's license or your passport. Uh, so that's something that that I think a lot of farmers are not aware of. And a lot of them say, hey, I'm not going to do that. And well, the penalty is 500 bucks a day for not doing it up to $10,000. So this isn't something you want to monkey around with. This seems like very basic type information, Paul. It, well, they, they don't already the have it. Yeah, the government already has it with your tax returns. So in, in almost all situations, they already have it. You know, this is this is just overkill. It's taken a $50,000 hammer to solve a $5 problem, in my opinion. Uh, really what they're going after is those Russian oligarchs that, uh, you know, bought a, um, uh, you know, a large uh, townhouse in New York for $100 million and they put it in an LLC that wasn't required to be, you know, nobody knows who owns that LLC. So that's who they are going after. The, 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 the typical farmer out there that has an LLC for their equipment uh, like I say, IRS already has all that information, so this is just overkill. Wow, wow! And but you know, at the same time, I can understand the pushback on 
why would why should we have to do this? I don't know if I'd feel five hundred dollars a day and push back for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was five hundred dollars, I'd say a lot of farmers would just say, "Hey, if they're going to catch me, and I owe five hundred bucks. You know, I'll, I'll pay yeah. that." But when it's ten grand or that's possibly different. going to jail, you yeah, know, that's a little bit different. So, uh, yeah. So, and again, this starts January one. If you have an entity that you've already formed this year, you have till the end of 2024. But if you form a new entity next year, you have to get it filed within 90 days. So uh, this is something not to play around with. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it is. It, pay attention to it and uh, and make sure that you get it done. Wow. Yeah. I, I, oh, who's going to use that information? It, it's mostly to catch the. The like you said, the Russian oligarchs. Yeah, but the problem is they're going to be sifting through what thirty or forty million entities, and uh, and who knows? Is this something down later on down the road? They're going to use it to go after quote innocent people because they don't like them. You know, who knows? You know, I I, I just yeah. hesitate to you know provide. It. And there's already a lawsuit working its way through. I think it was out of Texas. Uh, uh, that says, hey, this is sort of unconstitutional. I don't think they'll win on that. I mean, the government can do whatever they want to, but um, within reason. Yeah. But uh, it, it is something to be concerned about. All right. Paul, keep an eye on it for us, okay? I will. I'll keep you posted. All right. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you later. That is Paul okay. Nieper, farm CPA, making his way home uh, to the Pacific Northwest. So safe travels to Paul. All right. Davis and I will put some final thoughts together next here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. What if your commercial beef herd could be better than you thought possible? Genetic testing can help give you more confidence about what your herd is made of, and more importantly, what it can be. Inherit Select from Zoetis provides data-driven genetic insights to help you make more informed selection, breeding, and culling decisions about your cows and heifers. The journey from genetic potential to reality begins with Inherit Select. Ask a genetics rep how to save on testing with our whole herd promotion. Go to beefgenetics.com forward slash radio. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. The best talkers in ag, including you. Join the conversation on AgriTalk. Call us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everyone. Happy Monday. It's your pal Davis Michelson here. So glad you've decided to spend some time with us. Chip? Yes. Okay, so I'm I'm stuck here. Okay. 
Shout out to Butler, Missouri. Okay? Good okay. folks down there. All right. And a secondary shout out to Yates Center, Kansas. I'm just okay. not sure to which I owe the greater shout out. Ooh. Okay. Played engagements at private parties in these towns, all right? Yeah. Now, here's what Butler had, right? Okay. Okay. Nice, big, pink smoke ring around the brisket. Melted nice. in your mouth. You get a little hunk of that fat in there, and it's just oh, sort beautiful. of like this, mm, 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 did I just eat a cloud? Okay? Right, right, Butler, right. Butler, Missouri, props for the brisket. Okay. Yates Center, Kansas. They were out two-stepping like you wouldn't believe it, dude. There is nothing to lift a piano player's spirit like a dance floor filled with people two-stepping. Oh, man. I don't know. You had Which would you to prefer? Be, you hmm? had to be digging deep into the George Strait <laughs> oh, dude. and everything. I played everything. You know, we we did Chattahoochee. We did miles and miles of Texas. We did. You nice. don't have to call me darling. Everything I could think of. And they would come up, and they weren't asking for songs after a while. They were like, we want more two-step. Nice. They didn't care what it was. They just wanted a two-step. It was it was great. So shout-out to Yates Center, Kansas, and Butler, Missouri. Thanks for being out there. I think there were some radio <laughs> listeners in attendance. That's why oh, I bring it up. Fantastic. Uh, 36 degrees and sunny here in the city of Kansas. Looks like we're okay. in in for a near-term warm-up. They've mm-hmm. got us hitting 59 degrees overnight, 43 degrees on Thursday of this week. Yeah. And then temperatures begin to decline. How are you looking up there? Yeah, we've got 32 degrees and cloudy. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if we've got a whole lot of chance for much sun between now and the, you know, I, I just don't see Thursday. I guess there's a chance we we should get all the way up to 52 degrees, uh, but we've got that snow in the forecast come Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's uh, 37. It's coming up on us here. That <laughs> that winter mischief. Yeah, that was, but it's uh, not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I, I I recall, and this has been a few years ago, but I recall making the trip into Tinsel. No, what Sparkle City. Tinsel there you go. Town. Mm-hmm. into Sparkle City uh, to get ready for work in November and seeing temperatures on the, the vehicle thermometer way, 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 way below zero. <laughs> we haven't experienced that this year. No. That's good. No, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. yeah. But after the first of the year, there is some talk about that pol- polar vortex mm-hmm. breaking loose. Mm-hmm and uh, starting to bring some much colder temperatures down into the middle of the country. So we'll see. Yeah. A few things from the uh, from the news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, insurance uh, industry officials are warning tent campers, Chip, if your tent is stolen in the night, you will not be covered. <laughs> in other news. <laughs> okay, thank you. Senate Democrats. Oh, here. Yeah, this is almost as silly. Senate Democrats have reportedly abandoned negotiations with Senate Republicans over border policy changes due to what they see as unyielding GOP demands on asylum and parole reform. This development raises concerns about the Senate's ability to pass an aid package for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan. Mm -hmm. White House Budget Director Shalanda Young wrote that without congressional action before year's end, the Pentagon, quote, will run out of resources to procure more weapons and equipment for Ukraine, I was unfamiliar with Shalanda Young, the White House budget director. I saw her on television. She looks like she does not mess around. She has had it. 
<laughs> I haven't seen the oh, this dude, particular yeah. person, so yeah. I'll have to do a little bit of research on that, I guess. I but... saw her on the TV, and I rethought my attitude. You know what I mean? <laughs> love it. Love yeah. it. But the the whole issue around how funding is is tied between the border and funding for mm-hmm. Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan. It, you know what that is. It, it's just an out. It's an out for people that would normally support border funding or, you know, some efforts to correct the 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 immigration policies in this country right now. Mm-hmm. It, and when I say that, all I'm really saying is the decision to not enforce the immigration laws that are already on the books. Um, if we would just do that, it would help solve a lot of the problems. But you've got, when you tie those different issues together, it's an excuse to say no on one, therefore you're saying no on the other. On the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, it, it's uh, it, it's uh, it's camouflage to guarantee that nothing gets done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It it's com- it is designed by dysfunctional people. That's an interesting thought. Hmm. We'll leave that there. Tyson Foods inaugurated an advanced $300 million manufacturing plant in Danville, Virginia. Shout out to Danville, Virginia. Once fully operational, Chip is expected to produce 4 million pounds of protein weekly, sourcing poultry from right there in the state yeah. of Virginia. Yeah, good deal. Processing yeah. is important, mm-hmm. um, and competition among those processors is absolutely important to make sure that uh, nope. uh, proper price discovery is taking place out there in the cash market. Uh, many will argue that it is not at mm. this point in in cattle and in hogs and and other markets as well, um, mm-hmm. the escalation of the tensions in the Middle East. Yes, we obviously need to watch what is happening in currency trade. Mm-hmm. the The gold market has already made its way out to a new high. That I think makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. of the safe haven status of gold, yep. and probably will be enforcing that status uh going forward here got to watch the energy markets crude oil well and i know particular. you hate it but there's a, a bit of something going on in the crypto too in response interesting sure. upward move there yeah it's not that i hate it but it's not that i hate crypto you can't say it's a safe haven necessarily though i just don't understand yeah. it yeah it, I know. it's all based on attitude mm-hmm. well, i think crypto should be higher therefore i'm going to buy Really? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because I think it should be. Really? I don't know if that's good enough for me. Maybe Jared Creed can explain it to us this afternoon. I bet he on can. On Market Rally. Yeah. Jared Creed, JC Marketing, with us this afternoon, right here on Agritalk.